Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to Film Detectives, episode 15. Yes, we are at wow, 15 the now. Big, the big one, five. Five more will be at 20. Today, we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, award-winning writer-director, Jorge Cholapa. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Welcome, you, Jorge. Trevor, Elia. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Likewise, likewise. Good to meet you and have you on the show. Yeah. So to get started, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got your start in film and also how did you uh, get Blue Line Station off the ground as well? Because it uh, just going through the film itself, you, I heard you shot this on an iPhone and for a hundred bucks for under for a hundred bucks so have it here yeah oh oh my gosh you got the rake itself that's awesome (laughs) yeah so that's awesome (laughs) yeah have it here to remind me every day (laughs) cool cool, that's all that's amazing yeah so tell us a little bit about your experiences and how did the project come about well the short story is i you know i always say this i watched uh, black swan and i said i want to make films i don't know what it was about the film well i know now but at that time i didn't know what it was and I watched the film over and over. And this was back in 20, I think it was like around 2013, late 2013, early 2014. And I spent about a year playing with my phone and just kind of figuring out if I could make a film with my phone. At the same time, trying to figure out if I could do, I mean, if I could even make films. And it, it came down to just one day, just, you know, I had come out of something really, really terrible that happened to me in my life. And it came down to, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I had nobody that, want, that would want to help me because I didn't have any film experience and I didn't really know a lot of people in the industry. So I just went out and I, uh, I went to a little festival. I did a little short film. I won. And after um, I won an award at that little festival, which is uh, the collaboration filmmakers challenge, I said, okay, I can do this. And I went and I, I did the station. I shot it in 10 days with a hundred dollars. And the story is actually, um, it, it's inspired by my sister's journey when she, she found out she was pregnant back when she was 17. The, the girl you, that steals the backpack, that's my niece. That's the baby that she had. So it, it was oh, kind of wow. like a, it was kind of like a full circle story. And, um, you know, she, I only out of the part of her and her boyfriend wanting to go get an abortion. She never wanted to get an abortion. She, she said that that, that was just what was going to happen. She was going to have a child and she was ready for it. But I wanted to make a story that, that sort of impacted in, in a sense of how teenagers go through stuff like that. When, you know, when you have something like that, but yeah, we split a hundred dollars in 10 days and we bought pizza. <laughs> And it was just me. There's a picture somewhere online uh, with me on a tripod and a boom pole shooting and recording at the same time. And I did it. Honestly, I just did it for fun. It was more of a, I'm going to try this out, see if it works out. Who knows what will happen. And as the film kept getting rejected from festivals, um, I started making another one. And that's that's kind of been my journey. I've been making a film every year since 2016. Every year I make a feature Yes, film. we saw. I was like, and that's incredible. Cranking them out, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, like... Oh, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think that speaks to, you know, you in general, right? You were saying when you started out, you didn't really know, no one really wanted to, you know, help you out and everything. And now you're on that journey of, you have such the, and you can see it in your work, right? You have such a passion for telling really touching and moving stories. And they're not just, you know, your, uh, your, your action film or something like that. You're letting people live and tell beautiful stories in your film. And it's reflected in you as a person as well, because that, that really just meshes exactly with you as who you are. Yeah. I, I have, a I have a passion for as every other filmmaker out there for storytelling, but for me, it's a lot, um, stories about women, particularly because my mother raised me, uh, you know, she was my mom and my father. I mean, I, my dad was in the picture, but you know, they got divorced when I was around 10. 
and okay. and you know through my teenage years she was always there and she showed me her resilience and her passion and her dedication and th- that's the only that's the reason why i ended up making a film about her life you know my most recent film yeah. and you know i it's been it's been difficult you know making a film with a hundred and then five hundred and then a thousand and then two, i mean you know it's it's, it's uh, as filmmakers we all know that um, we want to you know we want the big toys and we want everything you know but yeah i had to come down to terms that um if I wanted to live, because that, that was my predicament at that time. If I wanted to be alive, I wouldn't, I was going to figure out a way how to make film. Yeah. And the reason why I mentioned that is because realization is a product of a failed suicide attempt. I had just um, got out of the hospital and it was just, it was just this big thing that had happened in my life in 2015. Wow. And um, number one, I won't know if I'll be able to do it. And two, I don't know if I can live. And then that, that was kind of my, not an excuse, but kind of like my feel to make film. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, um, now it's the opposite. It's like, now I need to live in order to make films, you know, which is different. Right. Like now I found, you know, my true self, my inner love and my passion. And, 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 you know, it's, it's been a joy, but again, it's been difficult. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you um, how fulfilling it's been because it's been my film school. It's yeah. really been my film school. Well, yeah. like, yeah, with each film, you gain more knowledge of using the equipment, working with actors, yeah. but you know, right off the bat with blue line station, like it's very evident you know what you're doing and you know how to talk to the actors and get the best performances from them as a director. And also as a writer, you're very mature, like the writing's very mature. And I felt like the characters were very real, uh, believable, you know, and it was interesting because I see a lot of like influences from films that you may have watched. I, I could be wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but um, possibly some Jim Jarmusch, a little bit of uh, even this, uh, we we uh, had an f- episode where we talked about Yasujiro Ozu. You know, y- Ozu, especially at the, towards the end of the film when uh, Augie and, or August and Amelia are on the mm-hmm. cliff and looking out across LA, mm-hmm. and it's just framed like an Ozu shot. And, and because of the black and white and also color that you chose and just the framing style, I felt like you use framing in a way to tell the story and the character's kind of journey to the catharsis of discovering something about themselves. What you say? You know, <laughs> first of all, I appreciate that because um, I if people would always get shocked when I tell them this, but I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And, and respectfully, the people that, that you've mentioned, I have absolutely no idea who they are, yeah. um, because I don't know much. About, I don't know much about film. That's the, that's and that's been that's been the thing, like the ongoing thing in my last five years of my career, which yeah. um, I've made a promise that I would educate myself more, and I've been I've been reading more. I've been you know I've been educating myself in film. Um, but honestly, I remember going to my first film festival and for plantation, and people were asking me all these questions, and and. I didn't even know what focus was. I didn't even know what exposure was. Um, I, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that stuff. All, literally, all I did was grab my phone and hit record. I didn't even know filmic pro existed back then. And you know, like it, it was just. It, it was kind of a. It was kind of a. I mean, I'll tell you how like much I didn't know. I used an anamorphic adapter, uh-huh. I, and um, I had to decrease the 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 footage while I was putting on Final Cut because I did not you I did not use a, uh, this app like like I said, filmic pro uh, filmic. I think it's Comic Pro. I didn't even know that existed that would do it for me. So wow. um, it was it was a very it was a very extensive learning process. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was make a film um, that could make you know that could showcase what I was feeling. Because mm-hmm. you know the other thing is the black and white. 
the reason why I picked black and white is because that's how I saw the world around that time. Mm-hmm. People don't believe it when I tell them I didn't see color. I couldn't see color. I was, I, I, I thought I had lost my, my, my color, like my vision color, you know? And, oh, wow. and, and it, it was a thing that it, it slowly, I started to like reverse. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know what, what happened to me around that time, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that I had a passion and I had one goal to make a film. And, um, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in it that, you know, technical mistakes, you know, and, and certain things in it, but it, it's from the heart. It's from the yeah. heart. And it's, it's a film that I, I adore because it's holding me where I am today. Um, I, I wish I could go into like detail and say, yes, you know, I had these inspirations and that, but I was literally out of law school when I decided to make films. I knew nothing. I, I mean, I thought Black Swan was a rom-com and that's the only reason why I watched it. Oh, so really? it's like the universe. Yeah. The universe yeah. stood in front of me in order to watch it and, and change my whole career perspective. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm still learning. I'm still learning so much about film, mm-hmm. but I respect it. It's a craft that I respect a lot and, and I hold deep in my heart. Yeah. Well, well that's the thing, right? You, it's all about, I always try to tie things back to humanity. And with, you know, August and Amelia's relationship, you captured, you know, the highs and lows of a real life relationship so well in, in that film. And, and what I love about this and your, your Iron Lady is you allow just your characters to live in their space. You don't... You, you know how to, you know, tell tell an audience what's going on without having to, you know, put certain types of dialogue or things like that. You just allow humans to live like humans do in real life. You don't make it complicated. You just, there's so many beautiful moments that I can think of from a Blue Line Station. And one of those is definitely when they're on the train and they're both just sleeping. That's such a, that's such a human moment in itself, you know, that you're capturing. I feel like what I've always been told from an acting perspective is you say more in your silence. We as humans do this too. We say more in our silence than we do with words, because when we, when we use words, we're wanting something, we have an objective, we have a goal. The silence is the part that fills that, you know, other time, but that's when all the other stuff is really going on with ourselves. That's when all the magical moments that you might miss if you're not paying attention happen. And I love that in Blue Line Station and in Your Iron Lady, that there's so many of those moments where you just allow people to live in a space. You set it up and then they just, it's like they can play almost in a way. And that's like, for an actor, that's a dream. To, to basically, I don't know if that's, you know, that's your exact style of type of directing, but it seems like it's that way from what I've seen. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm a huge supporter of, um, imperfections i i love mistakes even because we're not perfect none of them are perfect and uh i i, I love you know just setting the camera and just kind of having the actors do their thing uh, and it's been a it's, it's kind of again it's been a journey because um I, I used to hate rehearsals and in my last film that i just shot um three weeks ago i ended up loving them because we had to rehearse the script five days because it's all one location one take and it became a thing where um I ended up enjoying the process because I got to see the actors kind of second, like just come into life and just, you know, open up and explore a lot of things. Uh, but I still keep my same style, my same essence of just, um, you know, having, letting the actors do its thing and, and, you know, allowing it to have mistakes and, you know, feel empowered by those mistakes, you know, those flaws, because mm-hmm. it's important. And, you know, I try to go beyond just like the, the exterior. Like I know some, you know, some films, like to show flaws with like makeup and like, you know, right. it's more than that. It's beyond that. It's, it's digging, uh, digging deep inside to who you are, the person and why you're making those choices. And I, I, I think I, I started to evolve eventually. And, and I've, I've been evolving in, in that sense because 
um, I've started to write more mature characters um, in, in a way where you would never see. Like, like for instance, you're a lady, you know, that's in her 40s. And of course, my mom was, that was her age. You know, she was in 40s when, when that happened. But I wanted to make sure that even though for me, to me, she's the most perfect human being, she still had flaws and mm-hmm. she used that to move forward. So I don't know if that answers your question, but in general, I do I do love to just give the actor the chance to do, you know, to do stuff because you, you I, I've seen directors like literally direct every single thing, which is cool. It's good. You know, I, I think that's awesome. It's, that's your style. But there's something beautiful when you just let someone be free. They I give agree. you something. You just, it's really unexpected. Yeah. They and, then find the heart and soul of the, the characters in essence, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, imperfections and things like that, it's it's beautiful you say that because we were talking about Blue Line Station. And I remember there's one frame where the two main characters are walking down the street and you're across the street from them in, in a wide shot. And you can see, you know, the, the boom operator and all the shadows. And I'm like, that's beautiful, though, because like you were saying, right, no, nothing is perfect. And I think it's also incredible to see kind of like you know, where you came from, that was your labor of love. Like that's where it all started for you. And it's always going to be, you know, it's not perfect, but like you said, nothing is perfect. And that's the, that's the beauty of Blue Line Station is that there's so many memories I'm sure that you hold very dear to your heart that, you know, the audience that you're getting to watch the film is also now uh, being able to experience as well. And I love that there's those little you know, it was shot on an iPhone with a hundred dollars. What you did with an iPhone and a hundred dollars is absolutely insane. Yeah. First off, when I it's read insane. that, I was like, this is this is wild that you shot that. So props to you for that and your and your whole crew. But uh yeah, I just, just me and Luke and the guy named Lucas and and that yeah. was it. It was just yeah. us too. <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome. Again, like you know, and we shot it we also shot it in a span of like five weekends because we couldn't do full like straight oh, really? out days, so we would just get together on the weekends. Yeah. And yeah. and I mean props to the actors to Samara and Leo because um, I, 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 again, I had nothing on my resume. I mean, I had done short films, but I had nothing that I could, you know, that I could show for. And, you know, I still talked to Samara about it and I asked her, she said, well, you just had all this passion. She's like, you just, she's like, you look like a little kid who just wanted to like play and just do stuff. And I said, oh, okay, cool. You know? And, and that's honestly, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted to, to, to be able to make something where we could have fun. And, and I, I, I tell my actors every, you know, the same thing I told them at the beginning. Um, this is an experiment. I have no expectations. Whatever happens at the end, it's out of my control. Like that's, that's literally even like, even in my last film and I worked with two really high profile actors and she looked at me like, what the F? Like, what do you mean? This is an experiment. I was like, yeah, I was like, life is It'll an be experiment. Okay. We don't It'll know what's okay. going on. We'll figure things out yeah. as we're going, you know, but, but we, we got this. it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a thing that I always say, you know, I always tell people, Hey, like this is an experiment. Yeah. We don't know what's going to come out of it. Don't have expectations. Yeah. And it really sets the tone. People mm-hmm. feel free, you know, mm-hmm. people right. feel free. And, and, you know, um, I take pride on working on, on my set because I, I don't let people yell at anyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't allow that. Like I, to me, it's just like we're family, you know, so it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And that comes through in just the performances you get. And also just the, um, overall feel of the films as well, because it, that sense of family is evident in both films, especially uh personal experiences as well you know i know you put a lot of your heart and soul into especially your iron lady because it's like your homage and uh yeah homage to your love mother basically love, yeah. love letter to mm-hmm. your mother and what she went yeah. through to i'm i'm guessing how how close is it at, like what fact from fiction how close is it to what she went through coming from i'm guessing where where did she come from actually mexico right so so we came from mexico city and 
Um, it, it, the, the script is adapted from a short story that she wrote. And, oh, really? And okay. the film, yeah, and the film is 100% told from my perspective. Right. That's why the kid doesn't speak, you know, a lot, and and you yeah, know, the little, and also, the little kid doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah, so so it's, it's it's kind of a combination of her story and then also told from my perspective, like things that I would see and things that I would witness when I was growing up. Um, and you know, your Iron Lady turned out to be something I never thought it would. So it's 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 insane. It's insane that that I, I shot that we shot that film back in April 2019. We shot it with I think it was like fifteen hundred dollars, maybe maybe a little less. Um, and we shot it in 14 days. And, uh, you know, the story I tell people all the time about this is, you know, how you create this relationship with your cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my cinematographer had to drop out because of a, another, another, uh, gig. And, um, and he referred me to Raquel, uh, Gallego, the DP on this, on, on Your Lady, uh, a day before. So she showed up to set and that's how we met the next oh, wow. day. She's like, nice wow. to meet you. She hit the ground running. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was kind of like we spoke on the phone the day before and I said, well, you know, I said, if you can make it great and if not, it's totally fine. I'm still going to probably shoot with my phone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, well, I have nothing to lose. She goes, we'll shoot with your phone. And then um, and then she called me like, a, I think it was like two in the morning. Like she 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 was like, hey, like, you're the director of Valentina. And I was like, yeah, that's me. She said, oh, I saw that in Spain. And I said, really? I was like, cool. What did you think? She goes, well, I really want to work with you. She says, I, I've been wanting to meet with you. And I was like, oh. I was like, that's cool. I was like, well, do you want to, do you want to work? She's like, yeah. So the next day she showed up with all her gear and we ended up shooting with her camera. And it was just, it was just kind of like, I'm such a believer of timing and the universe. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think the universe had a plan to be this way. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy because with my other DP, we, you know, he was, he was so infatuated with Roma. He said, we got to do something like Roma. Yeah. And, and, and he wanted to do two, three, five. And he wanted to do like the, mm-hmm. the colors, and, you know, different. It was just a complete different thing. Right. And when she showed up, I said, Hey, listen, you know, you're welcome to walk away, but I want to do four by three. And I want it to be like this. And she just yeah. said, let's do this. And I think, you know, she freaked out when we did the first scene, which is the first scene, the opening scene. Yeah. She was like, how do I fit? You know, like twelve actors in one frame. I was like, "Well, we figured it out." Yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's a, it, it was a lovely collaboration, and it was meant to be. And again, I, I mean, the, the places that Yuri has taken me, I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's insane. Well, yeah, it's a beautiful film. Thank you. Touching upon formatting and such at with the four by three format, I felt the four by three format was, a, in a sense, its own type of character too, because the way you guys frame, yeah. it kind of encapsulates this these moments that we're seeing in this family and 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 then we feel them i feel more so than if we were in like an epic wide two three five landscape shot you know and it's just it's more it felt more like a docudrama and we're right in the thick of what these characters are going through especially the mother you know Teresa, the mother and mm-hmm. um especially you know, just like what they're having to go through hardship wise, you know, not having work, not having anything really when they get here in the States and then having to work crazy hours and doing odd end jobs everywhere just to make ends meet. Um, and then having to deal with all the drama back, you know, with the husband, with the, the cheating husband, yeah. husband, the husband and yeah. also, yeah. you know, yeah. not having their son, like a part of their family back in Mexico. And the scene when they when the kids surprise Teresa on Mother's Day is oh. one of the most beautiful scenes because it it's like the first time that we've opened up a little more and it's like mm-hmm. her, her world's yeah. bigger now, which yeah. I thought was very interesting how you guys framed and shot that scene. And the cool part is that a lot of the scenes uh, that we <laughs> shot, we shot them where they actually took place 20, oh, wow. 20 years ago. 
So it's like that scene happened in that street. Like a lot of it happened. Like some of the wardrobe, actually, all of the wardrobe of the, the Valeria yeah. squares belongs oh, to my really? sister. Um, you know, so uh, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of you know, even though my my siblings were not at first, they weren't very happy and they weren't on board when I was making this film. They still, you know, they collaborated with a bunch of like you know unique stuff from them that, that belonged to them. Um, and, and you know, it, it, it was it, I wanted to. I, I said to myself, well, you know, like. If I'm gonna make this film. I want to make it as authentic as possible. People won't, won't know that this is where it really happened, but it'll make me feel like I did, like I did, I did the right thing. And yeah. we went back all the way to like one of our apartments, and we, you know, we asked for permission to shoot in there. It was, it was a really interesting process. And you know, we were supposed to release it 2020, but then the pandemic happened. I mean, you know, not, as you guys know, a lot of things got put on hold. But regardless, I, I always had faith that it was gonna be, that, that it was gonna be something that people would want to watch. And, you know, and that's the reason why I did it the way I did it. You know, it's like uh, the four by three represents um, sort of like the undocumented families who are put in a box, not not necessarily like an ice box. I'm I'm not, I don't want to get too political on that, but like in general, like in a box, like you're you're always put in a box because you belong here and this is who you are. So, um, and also kind of like for us living under, you know, in a house with other 15, 15 other people, it almost felt like we were stuck at a limbo. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, there's, there's all this like plus, not plus, I mean, sub, sub <laughs> messages, uh, subliminal <laughs> messages in, 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 in between, but, but it, 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 the point is about a woman who, who comes and comes to the U S and, you know, her only goal is to make something of herself right. for her children. And I think yeah. it represents a lot of mothers, not only in documents and mothers, but you know, like the LA times said, you know, yeah. mothers around the world. And, and that's, that's very special. I, I would agree. I mean, like touching on immigration and things, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I was born here in the United States. I can't fathom having to move to uh, another country, you know, yourself yeah. more so a whole family to another country. And then just going through the struggles of, you know, basically starting over. I, I can't even fathom what that's like. And this movie gave me, you know, this film gave me a, a new appreciation for like, man, like, I mean, you know, I, I've no, you know about it, you hear about it in the news and things like that, but until you really, I guess you could say experience that you, you really can't you can't empathize fully with what, what people are going through. You know, you can understand, but you can't be like, oh, you know, I get that because I haven't been through that. But and then the second thing for me is like w- when I found out why it was called Your Iron Lady, I, you know, I figured it out closer to the end. And it, it really hit me because it, it makes you realize how much like you were saying, how much moms do for for, for their kids. You know, your mom's always going to be there because she 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 was where it all started she was where you all started you know she's going to to care for you f- till her last day if she possibly can and that like that got me emotional and touched me because like it made me realize and think back and i'm sure with you you know uh, shooting this whole project even going back to those those places you 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 know experienced and had experiences the emotional journey you went on not just with the film itself but being back in those places where you'd been in your life took you on a journey just like you took the viewers on with with uh, your iron lady in general yeah i mean it's so i'm a very method director i don't know if maybe that's a thing but like i like to like really get into the script and like the whole time i'm just kind of like in this weird zone and and depending on the like the tone of the film that's how you should like am the whole time but for this film i couldn't because i i was like well this is based on my life so i created this whole other world for like my physical self while i was on set so that i wouldn't interfere with with you know i don't want to be biased i think that's that's mm-hmm. the best word i there were there was a moment only on set when i i just couldn't hold on and i was just kind of like oh crap like this is really happening um and i think i cried and 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 it was weird because i always talk about my these experiences growing up and they didn't i mean they affected me but i used that to to move forward and i think it just affected me watching this kid go through that and it, it was it was a very uh powerful healing experience 
experience and eventually also a healing power experience for, for me and my siblings. We became closer after they watched it. That's and beautiful. They were very proud and they were very happy. And, and you know, uh, I I only had one goal to make a film. You know, it's pretty, maybe pretty selfish. I only want to make a film to honor my mom. That was it. I didn't have expectations. Um, so again, yeah, you know, the fact that the film that's based on my mom took me all the way to like where it's taking me now, that's just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but it, it, it yeah. hits on so many levels. Like, uh, you know, it hits on the humanity yeah. of what we as people, you know, like we are one people. We are one world. You know, like we all have a mom who will work her butt off to provide for her children. And, yeah. you know, and, and she's like the cement that glues the whole family together, which I, again, I touched on mm -hmm. yeah. with me as well, because I'm very close to my mom as well. And, and it's like, yeah, she you know, even my dad too, like they, when growing up, it's rough. Like they're doing odd end jobs to just support just me, you know, and, or the children. So it's like, I, yeah, I totally relate. Well, yeah. 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 Mother, yeah, what, will we do, what will we do? And it's it's actually kind of I mean, fitting she's my because fan, we're coming up know? on Mother's Day. So yeah. to all the moms out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's actually true. That's actually Definitely true. Watch yeah, that's, no, you know, it, it's so funny because she when I did the station and, and I was getting rejected from festivals, I was so angry. And I remember um, I was still living back home. I had to move back home and I was I was at home and um, I just like stormed into my room and she's like, what's wrong? And I was just like, I'm, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like no, nobody likes my film. Like I'm going to reject it left and right, you know, and, and nobody wants to see it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm just going to go take the bar and just like be an attorney. And she just looked at me and she said, sure. She's like, whatever you decide, like I'll support you. But she said, but she said, but just remember, you can be miserable trying to make it in the film ministry or you can be miserable at an office job. It'll be up to you. Mm. The mystery is going to be the same. It's like, it's not going to change. And, um, and I just was like, oh my God. I was like, you're right. And I was, and then I, it was over. And then I went and I planned my next film. Excellent. <laughs> like, you know, right. and it was just kind of like a moment. I was like, well, she's yeah. right. I was like, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. I mean, and, and okay, that's, it doesn't get anywhere, you know? That's such an incredible thing because there's a lot of, you know, parents that don't support uh, their children that go into, you know, the film industry, because ultimately, I mean, we all know it, it's a brutal industry. I mean, the chances of making it to be successful per se, or I don't even know what, the, I don't even want to look at the person. They're crazy odds, you know, but that was, the, that was the question I had actually. What did your mom? You know, well, this whole week, we've been, me and my mother have been having conversations about that because this whole week I've been, you know, so it's, uh, it's my problem going to tell me, I've been considering quitting. I've been considering thinking if this is really something I want to continue for the rest of my life. I mean, I, I woke up Monday and it was just kind of like, um, I mean, I'm not going to quit, but it, you know, I had this whole like uh, thing in my head where I said, is this really, is, is this like, is, is what I'm feeling right now worth me continuing this career? And, um, and you know, my, it was kind of like the same thing that happened years ago when, with the whole plantation. And when my mom said, she said, well, she's like, the fuck it is. She goes, yeah, yeah. it's worth it. She goes like you're. She's like you're doing. You do. She's like you're doing big things, and you know you, you're doing amazing things. And 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 you know. And I think they, they like to guilt me into saying, and you're particularly you're doing things that are you know bringing representation to our community. Right. You know, and and it's important for you to continue doing these things. But my whole thing is, um, it's it's just it's been it's kind of been a uh, it's been such a tough mm -hmm. journey. You know, and I've never talked about it this way because I love yeah. what I do. But it's been so hard. And I think what's made it more difficult is the whole um, structure of like the pandemic yeah. and everything that's been going on. And it's just been, it's just been times where I'm just kind of like, is this, is it, am I in the right track? You know, you know, am I going to make it, yeah. you know, am I, you know, and it's like, I start having this kind of like 
what is that called? Like imposter syndrome. I'm like, maybe this is not who I really am. Maybe, oh, I'm not, yeah. maybe this isn't happening, you know, but, but, you know, she supports me. She supports me 100%. You know, she's, she's my biggest cheerleader. And, um, you know, you know, she tells me you're not going to quit. And she's right. I'm not, you know, keep but, going, but it's hard. I get what you're saying. It's definitely hard. Well, yeah. and I think Jorge also, because you have such an individual voice and a voice that needs to be heard, you know, keep pushing for that, you know, and, and keep going with that. Cause dude, seriously, like for coming from us, I have the utmost respect for everything you've been through and, and gone through and, and what you're doing now with your life and, and, and making these films yeah. because they need to be made, you know, it, it there, there's, yeah. you know, it's like, we need more great storytellers out there. That's, that's first and foremost, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that's going to be the breath of fresh air that really kind of rejumps hopefully the industry because I think everyone's been home stewing and coming, hopefully coming up with ideas now. And, you know, hopefully we get like a onslaught of new stories and, and just a new social conscious too. I hope so. We need, we need more filmmakers that take risks, you know? Yeah. I I think, I think, you know, that's, that's, when making independent films you have to take a risk you know you, you i do a lot of workshops and um I, I do a lot of like yeah i mean when i go to film festivals and i do like little um when they invite you to speak and i always talk to i, I love talking to youth because it's like i don't have all the answers and i'm not i, I don't want to say that i know everything because i don't but one thing i do know is that um it's awesome if you're going to film school i think that's great i think i think education in general it's, it's good but you should always you know, one thing they don't teach you in school in any kind of career is how to take risks because that's something that, you know, a lot of academia, they, they don't do that. They don't take risks, you know, or, or they do, but they just don't, they don't show it because it, it's not, um, it's looked down. It's not like look good on yeah. people, you know, because if you take a risk, you're probably, you're most likely breaking rules. And, you know, we have this whole, you Stigma know, against that yeah. paradigm of rules that we must follow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've been on sets where I hear film students they have all this passion, but they're like, well, you know, I, I was on set with, with, I was helping a film student, he said, well, Silver wouldn't do it this way. And I was like, of course not, because one, Silver's not here, and two, you're not Silver. So yeah. think about your ideas. How would you do it? You know, and right. it's, it's always, you know, I, I'm sure they don't do it in, 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 in like bad faith, you know, because there's the people they look up to, but, um, but that holds you back, you know, that holds yeah. you back. So I, I, I wish filmmakers would just take more risks. Whether it be if you don't have the right lights or the right camera or, you know, whatever it is, just take a risk and, you know, don't do it for people, do it for you. Yeah. You know, I've discovered so much about myself making these films. And, you know, I, I can tell you that shooting my last film three weeks ago was the best experience I've ever had because um, I got so lost in the process, like in a good way, not like completely lost, but like I stopped, I, I dove in it so, so, so much that, um, you know, my manager and uh, was, was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, you were a completely different person. And, you know, and, and that's, uh, I guess, because I took the time to educate myself, you know, going back to education, it's good. Um, during COVID, I won't well, the, the stay at home order. I did a neurotoxic class online hmm. uh, because I, oh, I always kept getting crap about it. You know, um, you didn't go to film school. You don't know about this. You don't know about that. And I, I just felt so prepared and it was beautiful, but I don't think, I don't think that I would have been able to do what I did had I not have my experience, you know, I added on the education perspective to it. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of everything, but I just wish Mm -hmm. independent filmmakers would take more. You kind of have to uh, uh, kind of follow your own arc in your own story, you know, and make your own story. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah no one like no one's holding you. No one. No one's like in charge of your story. Like you're you're the studio. Like at that point, you're the studio head. You decide how your film's gonna end. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's very important. You know, I think half of the time studios don't give people chances, and I'll tell you why. Because they know they're not gonna take a risk, and filmmakers think it's the opposite. Filmmakers think that studios won't give you a chance because you're gonna take too many risks. But no, it's like they won't give you a chance because they know that you don't have what it takes to take a risk at this moment. And I've yep. seen it many times because if you think about filmmakers that have made that either won Oscars or have made it big in the industry, what do they all have in common? Nothing. They have nothing in common other than taking risks. And and that's just what happens, you know. And sometimes you make good films, sometimes you don't. But that's a different, you know, conversation. But it's it's about taking risks. Different com- yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the same thing. You know, actors are told with auditions, right? Uh, there's going to be a hundred actors in a room or whatever going through a room, and all you know, probably ninety five of them are going to do the same thing. And then there's going to be that one person that, you know, does something completely out there and random, but it might be something that like, hey, the casting director never saw this type of thing. And you might be an, you might look dumb for doing it. It might be a terrible idea, but it also might be the most brilliant idea you've ever thought of. For me, like it's like, you know, like you're saying, it's just live in the moment and go with it, because at the end of the day, would you rather have taken the risk than be like, man, I wish I would have done that yeah. different. No regrets. Yeah. No, and, and it's like casting directors are like, you know, because you brought them up. I just say something about casting directors. They're geniuses. Like a casting director casts people because they see something special in you. And half of the time when actors go to auditions, they have their favorite actor in mind and they have, and, and, and even though they say they don't, they end up doing something similar. And guess what? You don't get cast because it doesn't look like your favorite actor. And second, it doesn't look like you're acting. Or, I mean, sorry, it looks like you're acting when it's not supposed to. So it's important. And that's what I'm saying. Take your risk. You know, I, 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 whenever an actor tells me, yeah, well, my character wouldn't do it this way, I say, absolutely, because it's not you. Mm-hmm. It's the character. The character will do that because that's just the way it's written. You know, and it's, it's sometimes it's, there's such a thin line when you bring that up because it, it can come off as the, the writer is too pretentious and not want to change his perspective or the, the dialogue, but it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with respecting the character's uh, journey and, and knowing that this is that there for a reason, you know? So, yeah, I mean, we, I can go on and on, and on but it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it, there's a lot of components and I, it ultimately it comes down to taking yeah. risk, you know, taking a risk because you just never know what you're going to yeah. get. Absolutely. Well, one question I wanted to ask going back to your Iron Lady. Uh, what did your mom think of the film when she saw it? Well, she said she loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Otherwise, that's good. yeah, she hasn't, said other, she hasn't said anything else. Um, you know, I think we're still processing like the journey because um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, we were on the shortlist for the Golden Globe and mm-hmm. at some point yeah. we were getting mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oscar bus too, which was kind of insane. Yeah. And with the whole press, like, uh, tour and and it just kind of happened like like i remember i i it was um it was like a thursday night we went to get ice cream like my mom lives with me she's been with me for the last 13 years i took her out of work so we like we just go and do stuff sometimes but during the pandemic we can't do anything so i said hey mom I was like we should go get ice cream she's like it's 10 p.m i was like who cares let's go find ice cream. <laughs> i remember that specific night i i i i took my uh my like i put up on, on my story on my instagram story i was like um my life is going to change tomorrow. And I just said that, like, there was, there was, there was no context to it. I just said, my life's going to change tomorrow. And it did. Like I woke up and like, there was, all, I had all these DMs and like all these like people wanting, it was just, it was, it was, it was like a complete um, hurricane of like messages and stuff. And, and that's when it all took, like it took off. Like I, I, that's when I, you know, I got a publicist and it just things just started happening. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's cool, yeah. you know. I mean, I don't do it for the awards, but I I thought it was super cool because I was like, how does a fifty hundred dollar film 
get this far. Right. You know? Yeah. How do we get this far? It was insane. Yeah. Well, it's because of the, the story. And yeah. I was reading that article that I saw, I saw about that. And I saw that, you know, for, for normally for an Oscar campaign or a Golden Globe, you know, it's millions of dollars or something like that I was looking at. And your, your way of doing it was like, you know, just send people to go and check out the film and the trailer and boost those numbers because numbers are powerful. The dollar is powerful, but in today's society, the view numbers are, are can be pretty, I think, I think can rival a dollar pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it's true. Yes. But it's still not enough. I don't know, or I don't know what it is. Uh, we we ran a, a report that showed that 5.7 million people had searched for it, and you know we were in talks with um, with a streaming platform that I, I won't mention because I'm I'm working with them on a different project. But you know, but their 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 foreign foreign language department pretty much said no, nobody's nobody's interested in this film and nobody's going to watch it. Even after we sent them the report, they said no, it's not. So. I don't know what it is. To me, 5.7 million people is like a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a lot of people. That's a lot. <laughs> um, but it's a lot, it, you know, it's, yeah. you know, but um, I feel like that's probably a whole country. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is like, sometimes, you know, numbers are powerful, but they're not as powerful as mm. we wish they could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I only mention this because I think it still has to do a lot with the lack of representation for Latinx performers and, and artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's still that that stigma that Latinos can be portrayed possibly because people won't watch them. That's pretty much mm-hmm. what that, that was pretty much the response of the streaming platform, which I thought it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, That's but I accept it. It is what it is. And and you know, I'm really proud. I'm really proud that uh, my fifteen hundred dollar film went that far because yeah. it's something I can and something I can brag about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you're just going to keep creating. That's the thing. And now your name is been, you know, exactly. noticed and heard of. Sky's the limit now. You know, it's actually, like, no. The limit starts when you start. When you that's think true. Of the that's limit. true. That's how I see it. <laughs> that's ah. true. <laughs> so you got, as Morpheus would say, <laughs> free <laughs> your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There yes. is no spoon. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, um, so tell us a little bit about some upcoming projects that you are gonna be having this year and and beyond that you can discuss. That you yeah, can discuss. So, uh, yes. <laughs> so I have a film, uh, my new film that I shot last year, uh, Melancholia or Melancholia. Um, it's supposed to come out uh, at a festival this year um okay. we're we're kind of in talks with that right now so fingers crossed uh see what happens and it's a film that um that i made i think it was around march 2020 we finished two days before uh the pan- before the the whole thing happened before the shutdown um mm-hmm. and it's a film that uh it's, it's about the aftermath of a school shooting it's inspired by the parkland shooting um, mm. in Florida. And it's told from the, you know, we've seen films about school shootings and, you know, we, you know, there's plenty of them. Um, but we never seen a film about the aftermath. And this film takes place specifically a year after the school shooting. And it follows, uh, the specific mother who, who's a hospice nurse and her journey of trying to, you know, deal with grief and, you know, trying to deal with everything that's going on. And it takes place exactly a week before the year anniversary. So that's what the film's about. It's a pretty heavy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, as like I said before, I like to, I like to make films about topics that I don't want to say that matter, but I want to say that matter to me just because mm-hmm. what matters to me might not matter to other people. But mm-hmm. um, I definitely do like to make films about things that get people talking. I think it's, I think it's important that we, we, we make, at least for me, that I make films that are controversial in a way, not just to be controversial, but about topics that people don't, 
want to talk about like abortion, you know, or like gun rights yeah. or, you know, um, mental health issues, which I, mm-hmm. which is what two counties about, or, you know, committing crimes, you know, to save yourself, which I still, you know, not that I condone that, but that's what Valentina is about. You know, she, she commits a crime to save your daughter. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a very, it's a very different film. Um, it's, uh, you know, same collaborator with Raquel Gallego, the DP, and I'm excited to show it to people. It's, um, it's, it's different. It's really different and it's very special. Excellent. That's, that's cool. Cause it's continuing to stretch your creative self and yourself as a person and, and as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also, uh, for your other projects that are out already, where can people find those? All of them are on YouTube. They are on YouTube because um, nobody takes risks. Nobody wants to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, seriously, nobody. It's like, no, 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 I'm kidding. It all no, comes no, back no, to no, that. No, so, no, so, yeah, I'm going to blame the, 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 no, I love Hollywood. Let me say something. I, I, um, I recently met someone who is a filmmaker and, you know, we we're supposed to work together on a project, but he just kept saying he wants to destroy Hollywood. He wants to destroy Hollywood because Hollywood is a machine. This and, that. and I'm thinking, you know, Hollywood has such, it's so beautiful. It's filled with so much history. I think what makes it shitty is the people mm-hmm. that work in it. Not everybody, but certain people that work in it. And I think yeah. it's up to us to be able, you know, to change that yeah. because if we don't, if we don't contribute in any way, then it never changes. But I love Hollywood. And, and the reason why right. I'm saying that is because I'm not blaming Hollywood for my film not being where I wish it could be. It's just, I understand that number one, my type of films are, you know, my cinema is different, but, uh, but they are, you know, my, my Spanish films are on Spanish platforms, uh, you know, Santaya, which is uh, owned by Lionsgate. And they can also find them on YouTube because I want people to watch them. So you can find any of my films on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's where they are. <laughs> yeah. And I think you, you bring up a great point about that, right? That we are in a time now where content is so, it's, it's more content over quality. And a lot of the films that come out now, you have your big blockbuster stuff and things like that. But we started this podcast, Elliot and I started this podcast because we really wanted to highlight, yeah. you know, directors and writers and things like that. And also cover some films that people may have never heard of that were, you know, the films they watched today were influenced by these directors that were, you know, alive year, many years ago type of thing. And that's, yeah, 50, 50 plus years ago, yeah. you know, and the, the, the amazing thing, though, is like cinema is a, I, as I said, Cinema is a universal language. Yeah. Everyone has a voice and needs to be heard and needs to talk about issues, you know, gun violence, uh, abortion, you know, uh, family matters, even. And as you said, mental health as mm-hmm. well, because we're in a time where nothing, everything is kind of coming out in the light. And it's good in some respects because we should be discussing a lot of these issues. Yeah. And in in order to, further our progress as a human mm-hmm. race because yeah. if we, if we just kind of sweep them under the floor you know we're never going to evolve yeah. and aliens won't talk to us <laughs> but you know <laughs> um you Morpheus know, will never but, call uh, us into his room and yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> um but you know it's like the 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 social consciousness is changing and i feel that cinema needs to head in that way so that we're talking about these issues yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what films are going to come out out of this generation and well out of this whole year yeah. because as artists i think that isolation is not good sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah. you know at least for me i was able to you know keep creating stuff i mean i did a youtube channel and i you know i just kind of like talk to myself on camera but but i would like to see what will come out of that because um yeah because it's been such a weird year so it's, it's it, what you're saying it's completely like 100 valid like you know we have to tell these stories but i'm i'm, I'm interested to see what's going to come out out of 
2020 generation. Yeah, exactly. it'll be interesting to see how many <laughs> pandemic films we get, how many blockbuster, uh, yeah, pandemic films we we uh, encounter. It's just gonna be it's just gonna be a guy in like a room isolation booth or something. Yeah. Be like, okay, it's the trap. So uh, how do I use Zoom? How man, does Zoom work? What is this? What is this, this thing work? you're calling Zoom? <laughs> yeah. Where's the record button? Where? Oh, mute. everyone's okay, there nightmare. <laughs> Not that all the inappropriate messages that people have been sending on on Zoom without. Oh knowing. yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, it's they're yes. all gonna be just popped up on screen or whatever. Yeah. Oh, geez. That, just that's the real box. nightmare. That's the real nightmare. <laughs> well, Jorge, we appreciate your time. Before we let you go, I uh, wanted to drop uh, five questions for you. Five kind of rapid fire. It's called the film five. So mm-hmm. number one <laughs> is going to be the favorite film of your favorite film of the last five years. Oh, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Okay. Gone Girl. Number two, your favorite childhood film. Uh, the Never Ending Story. Man, you're you're on yes. it. You're just, Elliot's like, yes, yes. a trail. <laughs> All right, number three, your favorite director, John Cassavetti. Yeah, but I mean, I guess living living would be uh, your goals lasting. Is that I think that's like everything. Your goals lasting most. Mm-hmm. I think that's lasting. Yeah. Yes. All right, number four, your favorite current film that's out of the ones that are you know somehow imp- out right now. <laughs> My favorite is Nomadland. Oh, I still have not seen that. Still got to yeah, see that. Yeah, I still have not seen that yet. What would you give it on a scale of like one to 10? I would give it a hundred. Oh, that's a big oh. number. I, yeah, I like it. And, and Francis McCormick is, is amazing. I, yeah, it's a great film. All right. And the last one, this is probably okay. going to be the hardest question. The favorite project you've done, if you can pick. Definitely <laughs> Savages. The one that, that I just finished three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's different. So yeah, that's why. And, and that's the one that comes oh, okay. out uh, this this fall, right? At a film festival? No, that one no. comes out until 2022. Uh, the one oh, that comes okay, out in okay. fall is Melancholia. Yeah, but Savage that's is, right. um, it's, yeah, it's the one I just shot three weeks ago. Very nice. Well, Jorge, we really appreciate you being on. Thank you for your time. Jorge Xolapa, award-winning writer and director. You can catch all of his uh, current work over on the YouTube channel Mighty Aphrodite Productions. Is that correct? Mighty Aphrodite Pictures. Aphrodite Pictures. Mighty Aphrodite Pictures. Thank you very much. All right. Well, Jorge, we really appreciate you for being on. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to seeing your work coming out this year for sure. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Take care, man. If you like this episode, follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.